What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of In the Nick of Time, live on the Spotify for Podcasters app. In connection with reprogram your thinking videos, which you can find when you follow me on Instagram at Rodnicky Hops. I'm your host, Nikki. Time is a gift we should not waste, so let's get right into it. First of all, I do not have a PhD. I am not licensed to counsel, and I am not a preacher. So you probably say, Nikki, why should anyone listen to what you have to say? Well, I simply obey God's word, and on this podcast, I get to stroke my ego by edifying God only. So if you're listening, that means you and I can grow up together, and unlike the majority, you love honesty. My theme on this podcast is church is not the answer. You probably say, Nikki, you, do you go to church? Why are you telling people church, are not the, church is not the answer? Don't you go to church? Yeah. I attend an organized worship service, but let me tell you what I mean by church is not the answer. Church is you. Church is you. Church is how you live. Church is how you decide to do things in your everyday walk of life. That's what I mean. If you think that you go to worship service on Sunday and you and you read your Bible sometimes during the week that that's good enough, I'm here to tell you that it's not. Got a little bit of bad news, it's not. Church is you. That unblemished church is you. When you decide to walk, live, do everything in your within your power to do your best and be your best at all times. You're not gonna get it right all the time. You're not perfect. No one is, but perfection is about you putting forth the effort to at least try to do what you know to be right in the sight of God. So let's get right into it, guys. Let's. I've been coming from Job. We've been looking at Job and the story of Job. And this, this episode, I want to talk about how the people around you and the things that they, you know, bring to you when you're going through something. Sometimes you may, a person may mean well. I'll put it like this. You may know a person means well, but sometimes when they speak, they may speak as a fool would. So we're in chapter four, and Job has just said that he pretty much wishes that he was never born. So his friend's rebuttal is, hey, you had to have done something wrong. And and I kind of want to, you know, bring that in to us today as, as Christians. Because Job, Job had not sinned. So why did his friend assume that he had? Because in in chapter one, it said Job was a faithful man. He shunned evil. And he was an upright man. So why would he, if that was truly his friend and he knew Job, he knows Job's character, how could he have assumed that Job had sinned and Job had done something wrong. 
Well, the enemy had already made his false accusations to God, which allowed God to allow him to test Job. So now he's using this friend to say, hey, you had to have done something wrong. You had to have done something wrong. So using his friend to bring up these trumped up charges, the enemy also sprinkled a little truth in there because he, he went on to say, hey, have you ever seen a righteous person, you know, perish? He asked some poignant questions. But we, we don't suffer all the time just because we've done something wrong. Life is gonna bring trials and tribulations just because it's life. That's life. And the enemy gets me like that sometimes. He sprinkles a little bit of truth and it gets in your thoughts and you saying, did I do something wrong? Did I do something wrong? Could I have done something wrong? Why am I going through this trial and tribulation? So I have to make sure that I'm not performing for the masses. And let me, let me, let me say, tell you what I mean by that. Job was an upright man because he was not performing for the masses. A lot of times we get up on Sunday, we put on our best, we go to church, we want to look our best, we want everybody to see us in the best light, and at the end of the day, when you get through performing, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you're a totally different person. You're a totally different person. You, 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 you're done playing dress up. You're done putting on your makeup. You're done performing. So you, you have to make sure that you're not performing for the masses. Now, Job's friends knew Job's character, but that did not stop him from you know, misrepresenting God and God's word. So you probably say, Nikki, what was wrong with what his old friend said? If he, if he was telling the truth. Because he assumed that Job's trials was because he had did something wrong. It's just like the church society today. And notice I said church society. The society that bases everything off of what they think they know about God. For example, why do church people think if you don't, if believers do not attend every church function, that that person must not be a true believer? See, Job's friends was like the church people. Let's look at what happens now. Now, let's look at what happens when you make false accusations against Job's, uh, God's chosen people. And I want to take you to John chapter eight. And I want you to look at what happens when you, you make false accusations. And you're not even looking at yourself in the mirror and that's what we must do. Now, Job's friend is accusing him for something, but what, what type of lifestyle, what type of life were you leading? Were you leading? You're supposed to be there comforting Job and you're there making him feel worse about his situation. Now, John chapter eight, 
starting at verse 1, it says, But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Now early in the morning, he came again into the temple, and all the people came to him. And he sat down and talked to them. Then the scribes and Pharisees brought him to a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? This they said, testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground and with his finger, as though he did not hear. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. So if he's accusing Job, throw the first stone. Make sure you're you're all right because first of all you're supposed to be there comforting him, but you're there making him feel bad. Like I know you got to be going through this because you did something wrong, and that's absolutely not true because on two occasions you saw God even stamp His approval on Job. He said, "Have you noticed my servant Job?" who's an upright man who has shunned evil. So even God co-signed Job. So why and who, so who are we to say who's true, a true believer and who's faithful and who's not faithful? Who are we? When we say we are the church, no, we're not okay with sin. We're, We're to hate evil, but we also need to know that it's not up to us to assume that we know something about people. Now, the thing about that is, you need to know who is innocent. Who is innocent? That's that's the thing we also need to know. That's the second thing I wanna talk about. Let's talk about this topic. Who is innocent? Who is innocent? Am I innocent because I go to church? Am I innocent if I attend every church function? Am I innocent because I talk to people about Jesus on every occasion? Are those stamps of approval, does that mean that I'm innocent? Does that mean I have stamped my place in heaven? Does that mean that God is always pleased with what I do. Who is the innocent? The innocent do not complain. They're always grateful. They always know that God's grace is sufficient. The innocent do not have haughty eyes. That means we're not prideful. We're not, we don't, we don't feel that we're superior because we, because I attend churches, because I may open up my Bible from time to time. I'm not superior to you. I'm not better than you. I don't do everything right. That's what we have to understand. The innocent stay unstained, unstained from the world. The innocent stay unstained from the world. Which means you're not looking around at everybody wanting what they have, thinking you have to have what they have, think you need what they have. You're not looking around 
envying what somebody has. You don't, you, if you don't need it, you don't make yourself believe you have to have it because everyone else has to have it. So, with all that being said, he talked about perishing. Job's friend mentioned the word perishing. Now, was Job really the one perishing? Was Job really the one perishing? Because we have a lot of people out here, they sound knowledgeable. Like, you can hear me and you might say, okay, she made a good point. She, she sounds like she knows what she's talking about. She, she quoted some scriptures out, so that means she's knowledgeable. He asked whoever perished being innocent. This is what, so he sounded knowledgeable. But most of us are perishing from lack of knowledge. Because we gotta ask ourselves, are, the, are only the racists perishing? How about the homosexuals? Or how about those who claim to be Christians? What about the child who picks up a gun or the drug dealer or the crooked politician? Are they perishing? What about those involved in sex trafficking or one who starts a brawl for no reason, i.e. The, the Montgomery brawl? What about the police who only pick with black people and, and are taking their lives? Who is perishing? Who is perishing? And as we know, Joe, at the end, was given more than what he had at first. So no, he was not perishing. So we gotta think about it. Who are, who are the ones that are perishing? Now let me, let me, let me answer that. Let me answer that for you. In Hosea chapter 4, verse 4, God tells you who, who is perishing and why they are perishing. In Hosea chapter 4, this is what the word of God says. He said, now let no man contend or rebuke another, for your people are like those who contended with the priest. Therefore you shall stumble in the day. The prophet also shall stumble with you in the right, and I will destroy your mother. My people are destroyed. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. So who is perishing? My people. Why? For lack of knowledge. The child that picks up a gun is not knowledgeable of, hey, that's not good. That's not right. The drug dealer is, is feeling as if he has to do what he has to do to make a living because, hey, 
This is, this is what I know. It's fast money, it's quick money, and it's a lot of money. The crooked politician, hey, this is how I'm gonna get in office. I can't be honest, I can't be who I really am and get in office. The sex trafficker is making money and has gotten so in, has indulged themselves so much that they justify why they're doing what they're doing. That that Montgomery brawl that took place. That guy was doing his job, but the other guy felt like, hey, who are you? And it and, and whether it was racially motivated or not. He was wrong. And because we don't have a loving heart, a caring spirit, a forgiving spirit, we truly believe that we are right. And what we have learned is right. And that we are okay with whatever we do. No matter what nobody tells us, no matter whether we are brought proof that we are wrong, we don't care. Where do we lack knowledge? Okay, let's look at Proverbs chapter 6. We lack knowledge in, what's, in, in, in what God says versus what we think and what we want and what we believe to be right. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16 through 19. It says, These six things the Lord hates, yet seven are an abomination to him. A proud look, a lying tongue, the politician, hands that shed innocent blood, putting a gun in a child's hand. A heart that devises wicked plans, sex trafficking. Politicians believing that, hey, I can lie to them, and if I get in office and never do what they ask me to do, no problem. A false witness who speaks lies. These are the things that God hates. That police officer that is is video doing wrong and then his the whole police department falsely, falsely bears witness to, hey, this man is this type of man. That's why we didn't reprimand him the right way. So God is gonna deal with the evil and the wicked, but he's not going to deal with it on, on our time. He's going to deal with it on his time. Okay, now let's look at some more of why we are perishing. Because we don't want to speak the truth in love. We, we Everybody turns everything into hate because they lack knowledge. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven. Romans chapter 1, verse 18. Why is the wrath of God revealed from heaven? 
against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they know God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man, and birds and four-footed animals and creepy things. Therefore God has also gave them up to uncleanliness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchange the truth of God for the lie and worship and serve the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason God gave them up to vile passions, for even their women exchange the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another. Men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. Now, is that hatred from me? No. Is that homophobia? phobia from me? No, I don't fear you. I'm not scared of you. I don't know you to fear you. But what I am fearful of is the direction in which you're heading and what the end result is possibly going to be, which is what I stated in verse 18. The wrath of God being revealed in our lives when we do not commit everything to him. When we do not commit everything to him. Okay guys, this is my the segment of my podcast where I say wake up world. And today, in this segment, I want to talk about racist white people are not superior, they're just ignorant. I see so many viral videos on ignorant white people being themselves, racist. Now, I have to be honest, sometimes I get angry I want my listeners to know, though, that God is not letting racist white people off the hook. The problem is we are crying out to government officials who lie and say they are for us. And they're truly not. And I know you probably saying, they're supposed to do this or do that. Understood. And you probably say, Nikki, who are you crying out to? I cry out to the Lord. I tell him what hurts me. 
I tell him what keeps me up at night. I can tell him how the people at my job get on my nerves. And I can leave that burden there. And then I can go on and do what I'm supposed to do. I can keep pressing forward towards the goal. Now, what's the goal? The goal is to make it to heaven. The goal is to serve God and man. The goal is not to get everything that we want. And, and, and it, the goal is not for everything to go our way. And, I'm, and I can prove it to you, you know. You probably say, Nikki, you, you can say what you want to say. But I can prove it to you that we're here for God's purpose. We're here to do his goodwill. We're not here because we're so great. We're so awesome. We're here because God is so awesome. So when we're crying out to these politicians, my, my real question is why are we crying out to people that on the same hand we talk about and know that they hate us? You have people out here that say, the system was built to, to, to keep the black man down. Okay, if this system was built for that, why are we fighting so hard to make this system change? Because you can't change people. We want so bad for the system to change to benefit us, but the real change needs to be within their hearts for their benefit, not just for black people's benefit, because their ignorance and their pride is going to take them down the road is only gonna end in destruction. But we fight so hard to change them. And because they don't change, we're upset. And we don't understand, you know, why they won't, why they won't change. Why they won't do things different. Why do they keep treating us like this? I'll tell you why, because look at this. It says, since Jesus went through everything you're going through and more, learn to think like him. Think of your suffering as a weaning from that old sinful habit of always expecting to get your own way. Then you'll be able to live out your days free to pursue what God wants instead of being tyrannized by what you want. That's why we're in this continued battle of racism and hatred. Because we're only thinking about how would this benefit me? How is this gonna make things better for me? And at the end of the day, it's not about you. It's not about you. The ignorance of a white person thinking they're superior to you, that has nothing to do with you. That's their ignorance. That's where their heart is. And at the end of the day, it's not about us getting our way. It's only about 
learning what God wants and then being obedient and doing what God wants. And I know easier said than done, but put it, look at it this way. Jesus came to the earth, whether you believe it or not, and he was obedient to death. He died for people that were racist, that were prideful, that was hateful. They sent him to the cross knowing he was innocent. Because the majority said crucify him. And because they wanted to calm them down, keep them calm, keep them from spazzing out, they decided we'll kill him, we'll take his life. And Jesus bared that cross because of the end result, which was his name being above every name, him being glorified, him sitting at the right hand of God, and being able to reconcile us back to God. See, when we start moving like that, like, I'm more concerned about you I'm not concerned about your ignorance. I'm concerned about your soul. I'm concerned about what the end result of your actions is going to be. I'm not concerned about, hey, I'm right, you wrong. Because if Jesus thought like we think, he never would have went to the cross. And it wouldn't be no you and no me and no right and no wrong. Because God could have simply just rectified all of that. He could just say, let me wipe all these fools out. And I'll start over from scratch. But he said, nope, I got a better idea. I'll send an example to show them that what I'm asking is not impossible. When you trust me, because whatever I tell you to do, I'm not telling you to do something that, first of all, I'm not going to help you with. And second of all, I'm not going to give you the tools to make sure that you can succeed doing what I ask you to do. I'm not telling you to do anything that is beyond the, your capacity and your capabilities. I'm asking you to do something as simple as stop thinking only about yourself. Stop being so judgmental. Stop being hateful. Stop being prideful. Love others the way you love yourself. If you don't have love for others, that means you don't love yourself. Whether we believe that or not, love for others is shown and it be and it's so and it shines so bright when you have true love for yourself. Because hurt people hurt people. Because see, we're looking at everything from a physical standpoint. White people got everything. They got all the privileges. I beg to differ. When you're hateful, when you, when you, just, when you can be hateful, that means you don't like what you see staring back at you 
every time you look in the mirror. Because when a person feels good, have you ever seen a person that's always smiling, always joyful? They want other people to have that same feeling. Listen to some 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 preachers. They say, man, this was so good when I was studying it. That's why they become so long-winded. Because when you get into God's word and it and you be like, man, this is so good. You want to share everything that you find that is good. You don't want to hide that. You don't want to hide that I figured out, man, look, if I stop thinking just about myself, look how good my life will be. God said, you come for other people, I'm going to comfort you. Do you know how good that is? Look, I don't have to worry about nothing. I can do, do this for you because I know somebody else got my back. I got your back because somebody got my back. That's too good to keep to yourself. Like, why would you sit back and say, hey, I'm going to keep this to myself. I know God got my back. I ain't worried about nobody. No, look, I want to show Look, I can do this for you. How you at? Because God got my back. I got you because he got me. Now that I got you and he got you and he got me and you, now you can spread that to somebody else. And it just keeps going. How do you keep something like that to yourself? It's too good to keep to yourself when you know, because what, what happens, what happened with COVID-19? It spread it. The word can be the same way. It can spread when you put it in your heart and then you share it with somebody else. They put it in their heart and then they share it with somebody else and you let the word of God just spread like a pandemic and watch the world change because then God is going to be in charge like he already is. And then that's when his kingdom will come. Racist white people are just ignorant people. They're not superior. They're not superior. They're not superior. If we stop looking at things from from a natural, physical standpoint, we would know they're not superior. So guys, let's reprogram our thinking. Let's get back to love. Let's recover the life that the devil tries to steal from us each and every day. And most of all, and most importantly, remember, God may not be there when you want him, but he'll be there in the nick of time. Peace, guys, and I love you. I'm out. Till next time, Lord's willing, y'all be blessed.